This podcast replay is brought to you by Sports Grill. With over 35 years of making it special grilled, they're celebrating the start of football season with 15% off all bone-in wings. Visit any of their seven locations all over South Florida. Right, there he is. Welcome back, my friend. Hope uh, you're in a better place right now. Good to be with you, Big O. It is it is very good to be back after a after a classic Super Bowl. Good to talk to you, sir. How are you? I am doing great. Can't complain. Unless I guess you're an Eagles fan, then you can complain all season <laughs> long. So you can flip uh, cars, you can take to the streets, you can yeah, that was that was a scene. That was something. So give give us your two cents on the final play and the two penalties that Bradbury committed in one play. Cause yeah, that, listen, I love how people say he, well, he held, no, he held twice. Okay. Let's make sure we mention that because not enough people mention that he held twice on the same play, but go ahead. Yeah, no, one of them was flagrant. And I, you know, I, I understood Greg Olson in real time, given the initial camera view that he had questioning the, the call in that moment. Um, but I mean, it, I think, I think it was perfectly clear. And that was then reinforced by Bradbury's own reaction after the game. Everybody associated with the Eagles basically had the same reaction, which was that we, we were, we are not here to complain about, um, you know, correct calls by the officials, right? Like it was just like, I, and I, I, I am sympathetic to people who simply wanted to see Jalen Hurts have the ball with like a, a minute to go and a chance to win the game. Like that would have been great. It would have made it an absolute. It was already, I think, it was an all-time Super Bowl. But that would have that would have brought it into like you know, I don't know, one of the one of the two or three best that we've ever seen, right? Um, but we didn't get it because they committed a legitimate penalty that was actually flagged, and I, I think that's. I think that's fine. Um, and, and again, I appreciate, I really appreciate the reaction from the Eagles themselves after the game, because they, you know, if, if anybody is gonna, is gonna really feel the fact that all they had to do was, was stop any of those chiefs drives in the second half. And uh, listen, easier said than done. It's the chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey and all that. But you know, they, they had four drives in the second half. They got three touchdowns in a field goal and they could have had four touchdowns. So like you, you get, you gotta stop them somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there, and I had no problem with the call, uh, because nope. you put the referee in that position, and you you committed two penalties, in, in the same play, and you know it, it, I I use the analogy like, hey brother, listen, it says 65 miles an hour, I get it, everybody's doing 72, 73, but listen, it, the cops <laughs> sitting there on the sidelines and. And you're doing 73, 74, and you think, well, he's not going to stop me. And, well, were you speeding? Yeah, I was, but no, no. Were you speeding? Yeah, okay, well, then here's the ticket. And you put the cop in a position where he can stop you or not. And maybe others were speeding, but he didn't like the way you were speeding, and you changed lanes. And so that's kind of what it was. Maybe he saw it, and he goes, well, whoa, this guy's tugging twice. I got to throw it. You know, it's like if you know. if all you saw of that play is the fact that Patrick Mahomes overthrew a dude by like nine yards in that situation, that that right there should have been enough to question whether um, there was a there was a hold. Right. Like Patrick Mahomes is not going to overthrow somebody by like eight or nine yards in, in any scenario, let alone that scenario. So I, I thought it was a pretty 
flagrant hold well called um it's really unfortunate that the the coverage and and that twitter that all social platforms basically turn toward you know criticizing a call that was i think perfectly correct well that's kind of what we do right rihanna oh god this that <laughs> and I, I had no i had no problem with her performance by the way i thought she did a great job and considering that she was pregnant even more props to her that she's standing up on that damn platform and you know performing and she's pregnant and she's still keeping her cool and all that uh I, you know I, I i give her many many props for that i had no problem with the with the performance but that's the beauty of you know social media anything and everything that was going on in that game we were you yes. know reacting to it right away you know so it is what it is. Did, did you give her a passing grade on her performance? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, I, with or without, you know, the the fact of being pregnant. Um, I like I, I don't have Rihanna necessarily like in the normal playlist. Right. But man, that is that is a lot of hits like that is that is an artist with um, I believe the kids would call them bangers. Like she's yeah. got like and she and she left some in the, you know, in the in the quiver, too. Right. Like she's she's got more like she could do another 15 minute halftime show with a whole bunch of other familiar hits. She's I, I think she's awesome. Yeah, man, she did. She did a terrific job. And I think she uh, handled it very classy, you know, considering her her physical nature. The, uh, the thing is, somebody it, always uh, needs to declare, you know, and obviously this is the nature of Twitter. This is the nature of like sort of reactionary, um, you know, uh, observations that we have today. Nobody, nobody can ever be even remotely nuanced about anything. It's either got to be the greatest of all time or it's got to be the, the worst, worst that we've ever seen. It's never it's never like, yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> like, that's not even except you can't even say that. Right. Yeah. You, you've got you've got to insist that it is the greatest thing you've ever seen or one of the worst things you've ever seen. Amen. Amen. It is what it is. All right. Uh, what would you think of uh, of uh, the Tua interviews on Radio Row? Because, my God, they were they were bad. They were bad. <laughs> yeah. That was um I, I mean, it's also not something that you want to, you don't, you don't want to read a whole lot into anything that gets said on Radio Row, right? Like everybody's, everybody's trying to promote products. Everybody's trying to promote odd things. Um, you know, everybody's been given a script that they have to, that they have to follow. I, I don't know. It's all, it's all good fun. Um, I wouldn't, of all the reasons to, to, you know, fret about Tua and the future of the Dolphins, I wouldn't, you know, anything, anything said on Radio Row would not really get to me. No, I know. But it's just and, and you know what I thought was uh, because there were reports that, well, if the Dolphins win, you know, Tua could come back and all that, you know, if they beat the, the Bills and all that. And then what was revealed in those interviews is that the Dolphins really didn't let him go through the protocol till the season ended. Actually, that's when he really went through the final stages of the protocol so he can be cleared. And that's why it took so long, because the Dolphins had no intentions on letting him play. So they didn't want him to go through the protocols during the regular season there at the end of the last couple of weeks. And then he clears and then he's getting ideas of playing because he was saying, basically, they protected me from me. And I thought that was actually really smart on the Dolphins' part. Yeah, um, and and it's 
you know, they finally came around to it, right? Because the Dolphins obviously took a lot of heat earlier in the season for not necessarily protecting Tua from himself. Um, It was it was probably the most uncomfortable part of, of Miami's of an otherwise really encouraging season for, for Miami. Right. Because you can tell yourself a story about where this franchise is going and it's really good. Um, the, the, the one negative and the, certainly the, the, I felt like really the only glaring negative on, on McDaniel's resume this year was the, the handling of Tua, especially early on. Um, super uncomfortable. He was, he'd obviously been concussed. I don't know. I don't know how many official concussions we're calling this for him now, if we're calling it two, if we're calling it three. Um, but it's, but, but it's not nothing, you know, um, and it is going to be. Well, the ongoing. first one was his neck. Remember? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. He lost his balance and almost fell because it was his neck. There's no way he was woozy or anything in his head. No, come on. No, certainly, certainly didn't appear that way. Um, yeah. Neck. So that, uh, and and I, hopefully it I, has changed things in the NFL for the better that we've come through this episode. But um, it is it is really the one thing that hangs over the the franchise, I suppose, right now. But everything everything else is on a is clearly on an upward trajectory for Miami. I agree. I agree. And and uh, he's taken judo. And, uh, you know, I've explained this several times. I took judo uh, for, for a few years and it does teach you how to fall and how to break your fall and uh, those kind yeah. of things. And so that that might help him out a little bit, too, because uh, it's we see it no, with, it's a good, with, it's a good point, because like his issue has been like falling backward, like the back of the head right yeah, against the yeah. turf yeah and he's got to learn how point. to break the fall and and learn to roll and those kind of things and we see it with the quarterbacks that didn't play baseball and they slide awkwardly or they oh. don't know how to slide or all that stuff and then you see oh that dude probably didn't play baseball and so he doesn't know how to slide and he's and it happens a lot in today's world because when we grew up we used to like play we we changed with the seasons. That's kind of the way yep. you 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 played in your neighborhood when we were when we were younger. Kids don't do that nowadays. Now they like latch on to one sport and that's all they play, so they can gr- get great at that sport. And our day was a little different, so you kind of got to know all the different sports, and you've seen it. That guys that don't know how to slide, they they get injured, they jam their legs or knees or ankles because they don't know how to freaking slide. And, and then they got to learn how to slide. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing here. Falling, there's also a tech, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a, um, there's a, um, what's it called? Not a technicality, a, uh, God, what am I thinking of? What's the word I'm thinking of? A, um, there's a, a rhythm to falling that you can brace yourself, that you can protect yourself. And it's happened to me several times since I learned judo when I was a kid. It's come through in my life in certain times that I've fallen, but I I know how to break my fall and roll and those kind of things. It's not going to happen all the time, but there'll be instances where it might just help out to her. Yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting point that you make about sliding too. I've I, I know there were multiple cases uh, throughout the season where I just you know watching the the Bears as I do, like 
Justin Fields can be a really awkward slider. Um, and, and he's, and he stays really high a lot of the time when he's sliding. Right. So like he can, he can take some hits that he doesn't need to take as he's going, as he's going to the ground. But it, it, it right. is an interesting point because you definitely, you definitely can tell the, the kids who were, who were like three and four sport, you know, um, Russell, athletes, Russell Wilson, right? yeah. Russell Wilson slides like he's a pro. Why? Yeah. Well, cause he was a pro baseball player. So, you know, so yeah. it's, he, he has that gift. And you know what? That was a great example of Fields is one of those guys that you can tell was not a baseball guy because of the awkwardness of the way he slides. I mean, with Joe Flacco, you can understand because he's as long as a giraffe, so it's kind of hard. And yet he he still ha has learned how to slide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like they probably weren't asking young Joe Flacco to steal bases either, right? Like he probably no, wasn't no. sliding as often as as many of the other athletes in the NFL. But Fields is Fields is funky too because he'll go really hard, like into a knee when he's sliding too, right? And it's not he's not he's not gracefully sliding. He's like, no, I know. you know, it's like a crash landing every time he does it. Um, makes me makes me yeah. just as nervous to watch him slide as it does to watch him take hits. Oh, we've seen guys that don't know how to slide, jam their knees and ankles mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff because, again, they they just don't have the technique, you know, down pat. Um, your uh, your thoughts on the Fangio hire? Um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's great, and I think he's in the right role now, right? Um, I, I I think it's um, yeah, I, I think it's overall a good move that that uh, yeah, he's not a head coach, feel right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that's relatively, relatively clear. I mean, can do it in a pinch, but probably not somebody that you want, you know, guiding the future of the franchise, but you throw him in his role and you throw him in his wheelhouse where he's really comfortable and you're going to get, you're going to get great results. So uh, and you're a Bears I, fan. So you, you had a little taste of Fangio being your defensive coordinator for, for, and a it was years. good. And the players were super loyal to it. Like players loved him. Um, I ob obviously excelled in the role. So um, it, it, it's just it's just a phenomenal hire, right? Like you've you've just got somebody who is who is uh, among the best in the world at exactly that. Um, and, and you're you're not asking him to do too much. So I, I I think it's phenomenal. All right, let's play the quarterback shell game. Where does <laughs> where does Derek Carr? Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo land. Yeah, I first of all, I, I feel like there's a very clear hierarchy here. I don't I don't know how a lot of people feel about this, but I think Derek Carr is much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And and maybe this is maybe this is me just kind of dismissing a lot of Niners quarterbacks generally. But I and, I can't so, um, he gets injured every year, Garoppolo. Every right, year. right. So that's so that's Every one year. thing. And Derek Carr, you know, whatever you think about him, um, incredibly resilient and has played through some stuff, too. And Derek Carr's like best moments and not that he can sustain them, not that we've seen Derek Carr just go on a heater that lasts like six games, eight games, whatever. He doesn't necessarily do that. But man, when Derek Carr gets rolling, um, that that guy's a that guy's a very good quarterback. So I think it's, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is like an all time inner circle quarterback. Derek Carr for me is very clearly in that next is the next tier. And then, and then it's Jimmy after that. So that's, this is all by way of saying that I think Jimmy is just kind of an afterthought and um, he's like, you know, the, the very last option and in, in musical chairs here. Um, 
I, I, I don't have, I'm not sure it, where, like, I don't know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' head at any given time, right? Um, oh, really? I'm going to ask you I, that one? Come on. I hate, I hate to, I hate to try There's to, not a I hate dark to enough to room in for there. you to figure that out, bro. No, I mean, not, a, not a dark enough room. There's, you, you, you can't even, you can't even go in space and enter in a black hole and figure out what's going on <laughs> in Aaron Rodgers' head. I, I personally have not, I don't know the pleasures of hallucinogenic teas, so I can't, you know, I can't, I can't get inside the man's head. I can't imagine that he wants to go to the Jets though, simply because that's the Favre thing. Right. And I, I just and can't imagine. And New York, I don't, he in that media. No, dude, that's not, that's, he doesn't want that, bro. No, especially, well, especially not coming from Green Bay. Like he's got a, he's got this really nice thing right now where he can talk to, you know, Pat McAfee and he can, and he can talk to like the very, very friendly and relatively. Optimovsky and that's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've got your guys in Green Bay and it's not going to, it's never going to be like a mob scene at the, at the locker or anything like that. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be crazy. And in New York, it'll be 150, 200 mics in your face every week. I think he'd say some really interesting stuff. I think we'd hear some fantastic things out of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'd, I'd kind of like to see him, uh, you know, just for the, just for the sake, not that Devonte Adams can't survive with anybody else, but I, I I think Rodgers in, in Vegas would be really fun. Um, I think, I think Carr with, uh, I think Carr with the Panthers would be really fun because it's it's just simply it's good for DJ Moore, it's good for a, a, a fun collection of uh, skill players. But I would now, also most like most of us have been saying New Orleans, but but, I, but made, I, that was the that was the other thing that was going to fall out of my mouth is I would really I would really like to see Derek Carr in, in New Orleans because I feel like Chris Olave with just a competent quarterback, um, like could could just have a supernova season at some point but shit, I thought, you mentioned something really good because they have weapons in they have a couple weapons in carolina they lost their back but you could get a back uh you can get another back and and their defense they have some young players on that defense that would that that actually that team would would take a step forward right away with Derek. yeah i think and plus Derek carr would be probably by orders of magnitude, the best quarterback that, uh, that DJ Moore has ever played with. I think, I think DJ Moore is really good. He was, um, it, not like throw, throw out everything that's happened in his pro career, right? Because he kind of caught the tail end of Cam Newton. Um, he's, he's not, not really played obviously with you know, Sam Darnold and every other, the sort of rogues gallery of quarterbacks that we've seen in Carolina, uh, over the last couple of years. Even at Maryland, um, his final year there, they were cycling through quarterbacks and dudes were get, like nobody was good and guys were getting hurt and guys were getting benched. And like that, that was a that was an absolute mess. So we've never seen what it looks like for DJ Moore to have like a great quarterback. And I think, you know, we can disagree about about Derek Carr, um, but I but I certainly think he's like a, he's like a top 15, top 16 NFL quarterback. And that would be by far the the most talented passer that dj moore has ever played with so i would love to see that hey some people believe in kirk cousins okay so let me ask you something <laughs> you believe in kirk cousins or would you believe more in Derek carr I'm yeah i think Derek carr. i think they're 
I think they're pretty much the same tier of quarter. The the real problem with Kirk Cousins is that, you know, you're 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 paying all this money for Kirk Cousins. So like if you're if we're going to if we're going to throw you know dozens of millions of dollars at a quarterback, they they have to be able to overcome some stuff, right? Because we are going to have roster shortcomings elsewhere. And I don't think I don't think Kirk Cousins is of the level of quarterback where like uh, okay, because we have Kirk, it doesn't matter that, you know, we don't have an edge rusher and it doesn't matter that we don't have this, we don't have that, right? Like, I don't think he's that level. Um, I think he's he's similar to Derek Carr, but I've seen Derek Carr, like, let's, let's remember what Derek Carr did just two years ago, right? Like, forget this last season. Two years ago, um, everything went wrong for that team, right? Um, you know, from, from uh, the rugs arrest and Waller gets hurt and the the head coach has to leave in the middle of the season and like the wheels are falling off right and left for vegas and Derek carr gets them to the playoffs and gets them to like a, a and i think pass for like 4800 yards on the year um gets them basically to within a you know they have a they have a chance to score at the end of the game to knock cincinnati out of the out of the postseason cincinnati goes on to the super bowl like that was a that was a great year from Derek Carr that we're just going to forget, right? Because it didn't really lead anywhere and they were a first round exit and all that. But that sure. was a phenomenal season considering the circumstances. And we've we've just not seen Kirk Cousins do that, right? Like Kirk Cousins has made some throws and he's, you know, big arm talent. And, he, you know, he was a he was a fun little meme for a lot of the season. And I don't I don't really have, you know, there are obvious shortcomings to Kirk Cousins, but we've never seen him do, I, I think, what what Derek Carr just did a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, no doubt about it. They've got uh, the uh, the Chiefs favored again for next year. You uh, you you agreeing with that? I I mean, I, yeah, I, f I feel like if I had to set it right now, knowing what we know, um, how do you it's just so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes because he's probably never going to have. First of all, Kelsey's clearly lost nothing, right? Um, like we oh. we can we're gonna we're gonna make the case in fantasy. People are gonna try to make the case that oh, wrong side of thirty, aging, whatnot. Um, has he ever looked better than he than he looked this oh. last year? Right? Like he's showing no signs of age, and he was great in those. I, I'll give you something. The the season. I'll give you something. If Tony stays healthy, uh, I think he's a super dynamic player. And I loved him coming out of Florida, and I know it didn't work out with the Giants. And now they traded him over there, and he's made he's made impactful plays for them a whole bunch of times now this year since they picked him up. If they get him back on the field on a consistent basis, then they will have their home run hitter next to Kelsey, and that offense could actually get even scarier. You know, okay. you know what I think the the perfect use for Kadarius Tony might be within within that offense, given everything that we've seen them do over the years. Like, wow. think think back to what McCole Hardman was doing before he got hurt this year, where they they just you know they kind of scrapped the idea of making McCole Hardman like some some deep threat every route kind of receiver, and they're like, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna make you a big part of the the red zone offense, goal to go offense. That guy had scored five touchdowns in in three games prior to getting hurt um and they were they were handing him the ball and they were getting it to him in space and they were they were creating fun little mismatches for him and obviously andy reed and eric Bieniemy have done great things near the goal line you know o over the years and they were uh, they were creating some some really fun situations for hardman 
it, you do that with Tony. Tony's an even more electric athlete and a little bit quicker. Maybe not, maybe not like long speed faster, but he's quicker. Um, yeah. that he's about as quick as anybody in the NFL, right? Like yeah. him used in that situation. Might be a stronger player too, because I've seen him break yeah. tackles. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not asking Kadarius Tony to like, okay, learn every route in the playbook and we're, you know, we're, we're not going to ask you to do something that you've never done before. We're just going to put you in space and tell you to be a playmaker. Uh, while being on a chessboard with guys with Pacheco with Kelsey, I mean, he he could sneak into ten or twelve touchdowns if he stays healthy. So, Tony's really fun. You've got an actual sorcerer quarterback, right? Like, I mean, that look, look what we just got from a from a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, that guy's going to pile up five thousand yard season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I he think he was you pulling have to away make... from people in, in the middle of the field <laughs> with a high ankle sprain. Right. I'm like, what the hell does this guy have in him? Like, what is going on? That adrenaline is carrying his ass, dude, because that run he had up the middle of the field, I was like, what, dude? He was, he was, he's way faster than Tua with a high ankle sprain. I mean, that's just, that's, yeah, that's crazy, bro. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's, He's just at a, an entirely separate level from from almost any other quarterback right now. And the, the league is full of great quarterbacks right at this moment. Like this is sort of a, a, a kind of fun golden age. Um, there's a lot of talent out there, even among people who don't like see the chessboard the way Patrick Mahomes does. There's guys with incredible traits right now. Um, the AFC is tough. Like the AFC looks like it's just going to be an absolute meat grinder for a few years here. But I, I it's so difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point. All right, what do you got going on on Yahoo this week so uh, folks can uh, check you out, my man? Uh, we're ramping up fantasy baseball coverage, actually, but we're going to have plenty of uh, plenty of football content out there. Nobody's stopping the fantasy football forecast, our, our podcast. That's going to keep rolling through the offseason. And pretty soon we're going to start talking draft. Okay, I like it. Are you going to the Combine? I'm not going to the combine. I'm going to I'm going to Vegas this week for a for a Vegas, fantasy man. industry conference. Um, combine's yeah, close sure. to me though. Sure. And I and I, <laughs> and I want to like I want to do like really do the combine at some point because I I find it I find it super interesting and I'm usually glued to it like on on TV. But I but I have not gone previously. Well, you should go one year, bro. We'll hang and uh, we'll uh, we'll make the rounds together in the evenings. Uh, oh, I am here for it. Personnel people and agents and scouts and uh, all kinds of crap all throughout the the bars. So Indy can give you a Indy can give you a pretty fun like two or three days. Like it's not you know I don't need to be in Indy for a week, but but two no. three days Indy can be fun. Yeah, yeah, no, the downtown area has got enough to do. You know, yeah. overall, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a cool little downtown area, and and because they built all those bridges and tunnels to connect you know you can get away from the cold which can be a bitch because sometimes you turn those those that corner and it's like a a chicago wind that comes at you and it just slices you right in half you know that kind of <laughs> crap you get you know the kind of the kind of stuff that that people get in chicago all the time i am, I am intimately familiar with the kind of stuff yeah, we're actually we got a lovely day right it's like 50 degrees right now it's beautiful um i'm sure that won't last because it's february but it's uh I'm, I'm not complaining about our weather right now no you cannot follow him on twitter by the way at andy barons and catch his work there at yahoo sports andy as always appreciate you uh, great to have you back on the horse, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Thank you. Yeah, very much appreciate you, Big O. Thank you. 
No problem, my friend. Appreciate you. Always got your back. That is Andy Barron. Sports Girls now got eight amazing locations. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Get your asses down there. Eight great locations. We just added the one in Doral, which is just absolutely awesome. Take advantage. Mondays, by the way, $7 single smash burger. Tuesdays, which is today, $2 tacos. You can choose between chicken, beef, or fish. And tomorrow on Wednesday, the kids will eat free with the purchase of an adult entree. Get on out to Sports Grill. Go to sportsgrill.com and check out one of their eight great locations. Get the one nearest you. Sportsgrill.com.